Welcome to Nothing Is OB Golf Podcast, episode number 12. Now, today I have a great show for you today. I have the commissioner, Kerry, from the Golf Fellowship here in San Antonio, Texas. Now, just giving you a heads up, the sound may be a little bit rough in the background just because we recorded live from the Quarry Golf Club located on 444 East Bassey Road. Check it out. How you doing today, Kerry? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm super excited. We're actually recording from the Quarry Golf Club here in San Antonio, Texas, near the Quarry here, which is pretty central here in San Antonio. Now, Kerry, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself regarding your profession, your family life, uh, things of that nature. Right. Well, I grew up in Iowa uh, on a farm with my grandparents and uh, uh, started playing golf when I was about uh, third grade or so. And uh, currently... After all that, making my way down here, I'm a landscape architect and have a family of four, and my wife Michelle, and two teenage kids at Clark High School, um, and the Golf Fellowship. So what brought you to San Antonio? Because uh, San- Iowa to San Antonio, that's a, that's a bit of a waste. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was in Iowa State back in 97, uh, spinning my wheels on my last 10 credits in college, and uh was struggling to get through and realized I, I just needed to get out and get a job. And uh, so called up an old golf course construction company that I'd worked for a couple of summers before. Uh, they said, why don't you come to Texas? And uh, I said, I don't want to go to Texas. <laughs> I want to go back to North Carolina and Florida where you guys had me before. And they said, well, if you want a job, you'll come to Texas. So I said, okay. So moved down to McKinney, Texas, just on the north side of Dallas and uh, did that for a while. Uh, actually uh, got involved with uh, my church there and met my wife through our church. We actually were invited to, after we got married, invited to work in the ministry for a little bit. Uh, worked with the youth and family, the teen ministry there in Dallas and Fort Worth. And then our church down here uh, asked us to move here in 01 and did that through 2002. And then got out of that and got back into my degree field, which is landscape architecture, and been doing that ever since. Well, if you don't mind me ask, uh, what, what church is it? What Mission Point Christian Church. Okay, Mission yeah. Point Christian Church. Non-denominational church. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I grew up a hardcore Catholic. Okay. And uh, My wife, too. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, my first two years of teaching and coaching, I worked at a, at a Christian school. And I'll tell you this much. It was mind. It was mind blowing. You know how the differences, how the different, how the, the differences were. But then also at the same time, it, it really kind of made me appreciate, you know, my own my own faith. Working in a Christian school, it really opened my eyes to, you know, like you said, a lot of ministries. I think uh-huh. as being a Catholic, especially growing up as a Mexican American, uh-huh. you know, hey, you just go to church on Sunday. You say the novena. You say a rosary. Uh, you have a statue of. Uh, the Blessed Mother in your house and altar. And, you know, it, by working at a non-denominational school, I, I just saw that there were so many different ways to worship yeah. and how many ministries that are out there. And it was just, yeah. it was neat. That's you know, neat. It, it That's was, awesome. It was yeah. neat to see. Now, who got you into the game of golf? Well, my dad. I, uh, my parents separated when I was about three and a half and grew up with my, uh, went to spend uh, my youth with my grandparents on the farm there. Uh, They weren't golfers at all. I mean, there was no golf in my family other than my dad. My dad and I kind of reconnected about second grade or so. And when I I went up there to his place every other week or so, we would, he would take me along out to this little, I don't know, it was back, uh, this back lot someplace. And he would shag golf balls for a while. And, you know, he cut down a couple of clubs for me and and, uh, you know, let me try it. And then I'd get tired of it and let's go to the baseball diamond and shag balls, you know, uh, you know, so, 
uh, that went on for a couple of years, and then I started just wanting to play a little bit more and more. My dad was really into it, and he was actually in the business. He was uh, a club repairman and did that for the last 40 years or so, and, and was a head pro for a time. But he was the one that, that gave me the opportunity, but yet didn't push it on me, didn't force it on me at all. It w- really was a fun intro to the game. So, so you would say that, um, you know, we have a very similar story. Um, now, obviously, you re- reconnected with your dad a lot earlier. You know, being second grade, I would say, what is that, about like six or seven years old? Or something I guess, like something that, around yeah. That, something around that. Well, uh, recently, I'd say in the, probably the past, you know, five or six years, my dad and I have reconnected, and it's actually oh, wow. through the game of golf. Uh, we, we, we had a relationship for, you know, obviously, throughout my life, but it wasn't really strong. Mm-hmm. And I think this it was the game that really bonded, is bonded us, yeah. you know, and it's connected us and it's really, you know, strengthened us because that's really all we talk about. You yeah, know, that's right. a, lot of, a lot of things we always talk about. That's great. Now, tell me, uh, do you have a, a favorite memory from playing uh, golf with your dad? Well, Just we, one memory that stands out. Right. You know, there was there was those times where my dad was caddying for me and he walked off the course because I was acting like a moron. Those are my favorite memories, you know. Uh, but those are memorable memories. Those are memorable, yeah. Uh, no, my favorites were uh, playing in father and son golf tournaments uh, growing up with my dad. We would it was an alternate shot in Iowa, and uh, the years that we got to play in those those were the best. And y'all made it through that, right? Even oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, we, we did. You know, we, we struggled maybe a little early on. I was, uh, I was always a head case as a kid with golf, and, uh, you know, he would always call me higher, and, and we'd always come back for more. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome to hear. Now, today I'm really uh, interviewing you today to talk to you about uh, the Men's Golf Fellowship that you started. Now, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the Golf Fellowship was... Uh, it is golf league that we started back in 2007. A friend of mine, Larry Anthus, and I, um, you know, we, we had no uh, idea that it would be the Golf Fellowship or be what it is today. We just wanted to create a little group that maybe we could play once a month or so, foursome, eightsome. Let's just get regular again with the game. And out of that, it became something of an interest to a certain demographic of people, I think, uh, because we were playing nine holes during the week was the whole idea, because we, we couldn't play 18 really on the weekends. We couldn't get that, that kitchen pass, you know, and, uh, and our just priorities are laid out elsewhere. We had young kids, and, and so we ended up, uh, ended up seemingly appealing to a lot of similar type people, a lot of uh, guys who uh, could get away. You and Larry started uh, this golf fellowship in 2006, and you said you started around uh, 25 guys, right? You said you... Yeah, our very first event, you know, uh, it was actually a spring of 2007, and, um, but I was really kind of uh, dragging my feet, and that's uh, not necessarily my personality, but Larry is a more, uh, you know, take it by the take it by the horns and make it happen. So he, he called Brackenridge uh, back in May 2007 and said, let's, you know, hey, Kerry, all right, call these guys, start inviting people. So we, we did, and 25 guys, the first event, 125 guys in a month and a half, you know, on an email list. I realized real quick, okay, we got to quit this <laughs> or we got to be serious about yeah. it. And by the end of the year, that formed into the Golf Fellowship. Uh, you know, went and got uh, got the name 
the DBA and and got the got the domain name and you know start a website and then start in on Excel and my uh, obsessive compulsive you know got got to work and I created this spreadsheet that you know was crazy and it was uh, it so was taking the crazy algorithm yeah yeah I was you know I was getting. Uh, Getting advice and algorithms from people from India and stuff to you know <laughs> oh, calculate stuff and to make dang. my life easier, you know. And uh, you know the, the whole point. I, it needed to be easy. It was a. It was supposed to be nine hole league. It was supposed to be convenient, <laughs> you know. And so I, I started a website because I didn't want to handle money at the course. You know, yeah. I wanted to be up there, be able to be out there with the guys, and you know, warming up or practicing. So you know, got that set up online and. We take all our payments ahead of time, so you and I can get out there. We don't even need to check in. We just go find our cart, go out to the range. Balls are provided. Let's go. That's pretty convenient because I I feel like uh, at times when you know I'm playing any any sundown tournaments or anything, you know, it's that's the hardest part is the exchange of money, right? You know, right. the payment, and it, it kind of there's some of that that awkwardness, you know, that right. hey guy, you're gonna pay, you know, yeah. and so I think uh, that's not, that's a great idea because it eliminates that. That whole weirdness, that whole uh, you know payment, and just skin your cart and go. Totally agree. So um, now tell us a little bit about the fellowship. Uh, what makes it up? I, I know I just follow you from following you on Facebook. Yeah. I see that there's about ten. You have ten events a year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know we've really uh, we've gone through different changes. Back in 2011, 12 was probably our high point where we were even up to four different leagues. We had three leagues here in San Antonio. Um, and then we had one in Austin, even that my brother was uh, wow. was heading up, and we had about 140 members that year. And then there was like a post recession recession with with golf, and uh, it was like I had this mass exodus. Then the following year, and just for whatever reason, you know, every, every reason's unique, and but it was mostly people had work again, and they couldn't say no to it because they'd been out of work for a long time, and so uh, it affected us, and. Um, and so we had to kind of re, uh, reassess what, what our plans were and, and be content with the few people that we could have out. The whole point initially was just to get out with a few a group of guys, you know, and have a good time that we were protecting, you know, during the week. And, uh, and so, you know, right now we, we've kind of revamped where we've got our league play, which is March to August. And this year, it's that comprises the handicapper, which is our intro event, and then we have twelve nine-hole events uh, on Tuesday evenings. And then in August, we have our TGF Championship, which is going to be at Sonterra this year, and that's a two-day, thirty-six-hole event on Friday, Saturday, and August. Whoa! So, yeah, so that's serious. We play <laughs> South Course and North Course, but you know, in the past, we've gone to a Horseshoe Bay and taken the whole family up there, and oh you know, had a gosh. whole weekend out of it. Uh, we've gone to Wolf Dancer, or we've gone out. Uh, clubs wow. of Concan, you know, we like to make a big deal about it, and uh, we like families to be involved too, you know, if they can. So, um, you know, that's one aspect of what we're doing now. And then we've expanded something I think is going to be fun this year. We've been doing the last five years a two man challenge mm -hmm. event, and uh, uh, we've been doing it out at TPC San Antonio. Patty Rutherford, uh, the tournament director out there, she used to be here at the Quarry actually, and she uh, was, gave us our first opportunity here. Um, and 
you know, of course, we went with her over there at the TPC because it's an awesome facility. We've been playing there for years, but we do a two-man best ball event out there each year, and that's kind of our reach out to new members, you know, to guests and people out of town. We get two-man teams come in. We have a blast. We do a, a team gross and a team net. And uh, so this year we're going to expand that to four events, and we're going to do the Oaks, Canyons, and we're going to do Lock and Terra Resort in Palmer. So oh my gosh! That's uh, you know the beast, the beast uh, <laughs> uh, courses there. So well, well, those those are all beautiful courses. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Now uh, my mouth is salivating a little bit just from all those beautiful golf right, courses. Right. <laughs> all those beautiful golf courses you're talking about. Now, it seems like uh, when you say a family, you, you make it easier for a guy like you and me that, that has family mm-hmm. and that has kids uh, to go on these these golf trips, right? right? You know, right. So because you make it a family event, it's not just a solo or individual event. Exactly. And so um, that... That makes it easier. I know my wife would would be more likely to say yes as opposed yeah. to saying no if it was just me, you know, leaving right. for a, a day or for a weekend. Now, uh, Santerra, that's a club that uh, that's a club that uh, it really made me reassess my golf game after playing there. <laughs> I think uh, I'm not too sure which hole it is, but it's a hole that had I think like nine or like twelve bunkers. I te- yeah. I teed off into a fairway bunker. I went from that bunker to another bunker and then to another one. And then I bladed it over to another bunker and I just, I almost gave up the game after yeah, that round. Uh, just, yeah. And it's a tough course. So, but it sounds like you have some really challenging courses that, uh, that could really, you know, uh, appease the, you know, those golfers that are looking to, to step their game up. We do. And it's, it's neat because my goal is to have high value courses, you know, the ACGT has a great thing going with their, you know, with the group of courses there, but we're not playing those courses because they've got their thing, and so we're not looking to compete with anybody. We just want what we do. We want to do it with value. I mean, most of these places that we're playing aren't giving nine hole rates out to people, and so there's a value. Then we're playing a couple of country clubs with Santerra, Faroes, places that guys don't normally get to play. On top of that, then we, you know, we use handicaps to play, and we play multiple tees based on, you know, your age and your option of, of playing those tees. So, you know, as far as difficulty of courses, you can start to kind of adjust accordingly. And, uh, you know, one of the things last year with uh, 65-plus, you know, there's a few guys that play, and they were kind of down because they didn't feel like they could keep up, and so we moved them up and gave them the opportunity. USGA allows for a conversion there. And so we convert that really easily, and, and they've been having a blast. So. That, that, that makes the game fun for everybody. Exactly, exactly. You know, that, that's what I have to do with my dad now. You know, my dad wants strokes, and I'm like, I'm not giving you strokes, <laughs> but I'll give you that tee box in front of me, right, you know, you just go. to kind of level the playing field. Yeah. Well, uh, you said one word that really stood out to me um, is value. Mm-hmm. And I, it seems like uh, you had to put a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears just to get this thing going, especially, like you said, uh, there's not a lot of quality courses that are giving nine-hole rates to mm-hmm. people. So uh, tell me a little bit about how, you, how you're able to work that magic. Mm. Well, it really comes down to I've got kind of a three-pronged goal is I want it to be win, win, win. I want it to be win for our members. I want it to be win for me. I don't want to be dying doing You got to be a little selfish, right? There's nothing wrong with being a little selfish. And I want it to be a win for the courses. And on Tuesday nights, if you look around town, uh, you you know, you talk to really any of these courses, and they would love to have 40 plus golfers come out, you know, 
also buying drinks, you know, and beverages, Food, beverages but, yeah, yeah, all that stuff, and maybe some stuff out of the shop. So it's really a no-brainer for them um, as far as the day and time. Yes, because just, just offhand, I know just one course, Silverhorn, is probably one that has their buck nights on Tuesdays That just, just right offhand. But like you said, uh, I think uh, midweek is where courses normally struggle to, yeah. to get the people in. Right. Well, there's a reason why they have buck night on Tuesdays. That, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> they're trying to, trying to get the people in. Exactly. Trying to get the people in the course. Now tell me, uh, what, out of all these courses that you've played here around the San Antonio and South Texas area, what's been your favorite course? Hmm. You know, I'd probably have to say uh, none of the – it's one that's not on our schedule, unfortunately, but Briggs, uh, Briggs Ranch Country Club is uh, oh, far away. Man. If I could play that course every day – I've played it about four times. Wow. That's, uh, wow. That was a treat every time. You know, the ones that I have uh, played and we do have access as far as golf fellowship, the Oaks course, is, it's, it's brutal, but it's tough, hey, man. It's, it's beautiful. I agree. And I love playing where the pros play. So, you know, testing myself on that. Now, it's nice, right? It's nice when you're watching the Valero Open and you, can, you see them. You see them, oh, I, I played this hole. Oh, I got stuck in that same rough right, right. over there, you know. Or, well, Zach Johnson six-putted the, uh, the 12th hole at one point way back when, and I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that made me feel a lot better. <laughs> it made you feel better about, about what you did on that course, right? Right. Now, actually, I have something in the works with Briggs Ranch here with uh, their uh, golf, with their uh, director of instruction. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. Awesome. Now, tell me, I guess what what was some things that made Briggs Ranch just so memorable? Well, right away, the uh, how well it's taken care of, and the Zoysia fairways. I mean, the ball just sits up perfect each time. I mean, you're, you're hitting just plush iron shots out of the fairways. The fairways are very generous, um, and I think you can really enjoy yourself out there. The greens are bent grass. I mean, they roll. That's what I grew up with. They roll just uh, so true out there. That combination of great fairways, nice generous landing spots, and, uh, you know, and true rolling greens. Also in a beautiful location, maintained perfectly. Hard to beat. Hard to beat. Now, what would you say their greens are rolling at? Like a 11, 12? Briggs? Yes. Yeah, definitely 11, uh, if not somewhere in between 11 and 12, typically. It's been a few years since I've played Briggs Ranch, but uh, they were always consistent right there at 11 or so. Now, what's a course here in San Antonio that you haven't played, if, if there is one? I haven't played San Antonio Country Club, um, so that's, that's a tough course to get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've had a few members from there uh, come through the golf fellowship here and there, but haven't been able to, uh, you know, work your put way in the corner. There. Yeah, <laughs> put them in a tough spot. That's right. Now, from, from what I hear, that's a tough course to get into. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, he, he doesn't play golf a lot, but he plays in a lot of uh, scrambles due to his work, his line of work. And uh, he told me that um, he said uh, that he teed off there. He was on tee box number one, and that at that day there was just you know like a good little crowd. And uh, he said uh, there was there's people lined up to the right and to the left, and he was so nervous because the guy the three guys before him like just they shaked their drives. And then finally, he just said he just he closed his eyes and he rips one right down the fairway. <laughs> and you know the people are. 
clapping. People are clapping. Oh, he had an audience. Oh, yeah, he had an audience, and he said, you know what? I didn't have an audience the rest of the day, and he, he said he stunk up the place. That was the best shot but, of the yeah, day. Yeah, that was right the best there, shot yeah. of the day. He said, hey, they only played one of my balls all day, and maybe a putt here and there. He said, but that was the one that mattered. And so uh, I said, I want that feeling there in yeah. San Antonio Country Club. I want well, that I've feeling. I've got a story like that from, from when I was uh, in college. I was playing, and actually it was right after high school. I, I was a scholar, uh, Herman Sani Scholarship uh, recipient. And uh, there was four of us from the state of Iowa that got it. And we all teed off together at uh, Hyperion Golf Club in, in Des Moines, Iowa. And went up to the first tee, and there's 60, 70 people standing around. The tee is really high in the air, and there's a big left-to-right crosswind, out of bounds on the right. And I proceed to put one right out of bounds with the driver. <laughs> I pull out the two iron, right out of bounds. And then, oh. I, pull, then I pull out the seven iron, right down the gut. <laughs> Take an eight on the hole, and end up finishing four over for the day. So... Uh, you know, that's had a little. Not, that's not bad. I mean, you just got you got all your pluses I right got there. All in that my one pluses <laughs> right there, but I could not handle that crowd. That's for sure. Now, tell me, uh, being from up north, uh, it seems like I listen to a lot. I listen to several different podcasts, and they're all based up north. They're based out of Connecticut. They're based out of Boston. They're based out of New York. And it seems like um, being here in Texas, we get a little spoiled, or here in the South, we get spoiled that uh, we. Our golf season is pretty long. Yeah. Now, up there, uh, just, there's a short time for their golf season. Yeah. Now, tell me, uh, I guess, how that played into you growing up or in playing golf, or how different is that, you know, with being here in Texas and well, up north? It's very different, and um, it's funny. So I was just talking the other day with a friend. You know, in the winter months, well, I think I heard on another podcast someone from Wisconsin saying that, uh, you know, that it was basically uh, a spring league, you know, for, for high school golf, which which was for us, too. We didn't have fall golf. Once fall came around, clubs were in the closet. You're playing football. <laughs> so I was playing football all fall, and then yeah, I, I swam in the winters uh, and uh, inside. And um, I was like, man, he's like, you part of the polar bear club yeah, or something? Yeah, right, exactly. But, uh, you know, and so even my mentality down here after being here since 1998 – I still kind of turn it off yeah. in the winter, even though, you know, we get a lot of great days. Now, this winter wasn't so good. Yeah, so, um, you know, the Golf Fellowship being uh, the spring to August league, it's a lot of work. And then I've run a fall league before. We've done that for a few seasons. But, you know, it's a lot less attended, for one, because people are footballing. They're, you know, doing school they're uh, hunting, you know, huge things here in Texas, which is great. Um, so I just kind of shut that down because I kind of, I'm really, I find myself not as much into it into the fall. So, and I think it's a good break for our league too, you know, having a break. So there's, you know, some anticipation for the next season. Yeah, I, I know what you mean because it just, it builds it up a lot yeah. more. It kind of makes you thirst and makes you want it to be Absolutely. out there a lot more. Now, I know, um, you know, off, off of the recording, you were telling me, how excited you are about playing in the golf fellowship, but you're also excited about running as well. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I played competitively a long time, um, well, at least through college, you know, played at a high level and um, was semi-successful at that, you know, enjoyed success, um, but I didn't realize how much I took it for granted. 
And so when I got back into the game, it was a totally different perspective when I started the Golf Fellowship. But what I also got to see was how much other people were enjoying it and gaining from it, the opportunity. A lot of guys, really a lot of guys uh, at our age or older, we do. We have families. We have uh, careers we're building. We have responsibilities. It's hard to find time and even harder to make time. And um, so that's the way I see you know, what I'm doing as helpful to the community is I, I, I'm trying to make time for you to be able to, hey, three hours, come out, you know, not, not three hours on the course, I'm talking like three hours from leaving work and getting back home, you know, uh, come out, enjoy yourself for an evening, you know, it, it's a little recharge at the beginning of the week. I love that. I love guys telling me that, hey, this this has been the highlight of my year. I'm so glad you offered this for me to do. Uh, my clubs were in the closet for months, or all I ever do is play best shot. Now I get to come out. I get to work on my own game, you know, yuck it up with the guys, um, you know, play for a little skin, and uh, really enjoy myself. And so... It, it, that's what's been most rewarding and, and, and you know I have you've noticed I've been fairly prolific on Facebook because I, I really want more people to come out and enjoy themselves I want them to get away during the week and find time for themselves well see uh, why I'm super glad that that you agreed to meet with me is because I'm really interested and I'm going to get involved in the fellowship as right. well because um, I know you I like to get the, I have that competitive itch, you know, and I need to scratch it. And it's just a lot of times, yes, it is. You are competing against yourself in the course, but I do want to put myself up against others because you know what? I know I can whoop my buddies' butts around me, and I'm yeah. like, you say, you know what? I'm ready for that next. Ready for the next level. I'm ready yeah. to just kind of just test myself around other golfers. Right. But uh, just what I'm from, what I'm getting from you is that I, I just feel how much it seems like you you get so much more rewarded. When you give that outlet for others, as opposed to just yourself, absolutely, absolutely. And with with the handicap system, you know, we're able to spread that out more. We also do flights. You know, we're going to introduce flights this year. But you know, one of the uh, one of the kind of the um, stigmas is that handicaps make it less fun for low handicappers. I actually disagree. I'm near scratch. I've played near scratch for a long, long time. I actually, knowing going in that there's 50 golfers I'm competing against, if I'm in the top five or if I win that that night, man, I'm feeling super good about myself. Whereas if I go out with five of my low, low handicapper buddies, it's going to tend to be one of us that probably wins yeah, on that a takes regular it. basis. Mm-hmm. You know? And so what fun is that? I mean, I get it. I What's competitive? I love those competitive juices, and I love playing really well and winning. But there's something more to golf than that. And if I can spread that out across the whole group and let everybody compete against one another, I think that's exciting. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. And just just like you've been stating all this time, a fellowship. Yeah. You know, I think that's something that you're really building. Yeah. You know, and I see that it's something not only just a – it's, it's something that's it's the, the aura and the persona you're really giving off that it's super welcoming, you know, it's super welcoming. And like you said, you really pump it on Facebook and through my show, too. I'm going to help you out uh, getting re- reaching, reaching those people that might not be on Facebook that just go on the website because I do have my own website. Nothing is obgolf.com. Awesome. Awesome. And so um, I know a lot of my buddies as well as we're looking for just 
some kind of league, something else that uh, just, like you said, just kind of scratches that itch. It's kind of, uh, but at the same time, we're not gone all day and we're not putting our marriages and our lives yeah. on hold completely to go out and to kill ourselves over 18, uh, over 18 holes. Right. Your wife actually might appreciate it. Well, you know, it, you know, it's, <laughs> she always does. She always likes to plan. She goes, "Look, how go- how long are you gonna how long are you gonna be gone? Are you just gonna play eighteen? Are you gonna play eighteen and yeah. have lunch? Are you gonna play eighteen, have lunch, and then have drinks with the boys? What are you gonna do?" And I said, "I always ask her, what can I do? <laughs> what can I do?" <laughs> and I just, you know what? Hey, happy wife, happy life, happy right? Wife. And I've been truly blessed, and so I gotta keep her. I gotta keep her happy. That's right. All right. Now, now some of the things that I notice when looking at those events for uh, for the golf fellowship, it says obviously you have uh, the built-in price for the course, and then you have uh, extra games. You know, you have side games, or you have skins, or you have uh, longest drive, you have closest hole. Now, what are some of those competitions that you know are? Did I kind of hit the you know hammer on the nail sure. right there? Yeah. Let me let me kind of sum that up. So. We have event games and we have season contests, okay? So at each event, you're going to be able to use your handicap, if you're a member, um, to be able to compete against the group. So we do, uh, our side games are optional, um, like you mentioned, but we have the member games, which are handicap games. So we, we do it, we do a uh, kind of a team net, which is this year it's going to be either you, uh, we're going to alternate between you and your card partner and you and your foursome. So that'll be a team net competition. So it'll be either a two-man versus the field or a four-man versus the field. And that's best ball, you know. Um, The other part of that is individual net. Um, And then there's always a hole-in-one competition that we have a running pot on that grows each, you know, each event. Uh, The other type of games that we do is all-play games. Um, By the name, it's all-play. Everybody gets to play whether you're a guest member or whatever, you can play them if you want to buy into them. They're longest putts, close to the pins, skins. Um, and so, and of course, the more people we have, the more money is going out, you know, and the more places we'll pay and uh, the more fun we'll have. Now, from a season standpoint, you can buy into a points race. We have a season uh, points race um, that basically... Uh, part of those points at each event are received through Stableford system points, you know, so much for net par, net birdie, net eagle, etc. And then you also receive place winning points, so where you finish in some of those games I mentioned previously. Um, from there, basically, we take your best eight scores, point totals of 12 events that we play, and that'll determine you know, your finished place. Then after that, for the TGF Championship, we have kind of a points reset, like the FedEx Cup does a reset of points based on where you finish the season. Now, in conjunction with that, there's another uh, thing we do, another season contest, which is a match play bracket. 32-man, double elimination, true double elimination. So you can actually, even if you lose one, you can play all the way back. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. All the way back to win it. And uh, which happened last year, actually. A guy lost the first round and won every single match and came back and won the thing. Dang. And uh, so now based on where you place there, then you also get thrown into that reset point. So you can get points for both. And then the TGF Championship is played with that reset. So we got a whole bunch of people resetting wow. with a chance to win the Fellowship Cup. And that's our big trophy at the end of the year for the player of the year that, you know, wins it all. So... Now, now you weren't lying when you told me that you had to figure out a lot of the numbers and you got to oh, work man. a lot of Excel and just 
It's just my mind is blown with just how many algorithms you have to put together. Oh, you you you'd be, you would be blown away. And uh, a lot of people have always told me when they'd look over my shoulder that I need to, you know, trademark that thing. Well, finally, I gave it up about three years ago because I found Golf Genius, and uh, you know, they've made my life a lot easier. And so now we're we're to a handheld app, and uh, so with your membership, you're gonna we're we're gonna get you onto the league portal. You'll be able to enter scores during the round, follow a live leaderboard, which is really, really cool. You know, oh, yeah, it's, it's constantly updated, right? Yeah, it's yeah. constantly updated. You so don't have to always to worry. See. You don't yeah. have to always worry. Exactly. So you can see where you stand, see where everybody else is, you know, heckle each other, you know, or whatever because of that. And then you can follow stats, results, analytics. Uh, we'll do a membership directory. I, I definitely want this to be a win for your career, your profession as well. So if you want to promote your business, um, with us, you know, we have that. We also have, you know, uh, we're going to open it up this year, each event to a single sponsor if you're interested. Oh, and wow. That, that sponsorship will um, take, will pay for a skills clinic beforehand. We'll work with the, with the teaching pro from, from each course. We did this a few years ago and it was really successful. And so we're going to bring that back. It's like a 45 minute skills clinic on a different part of the game each time. And then afterwards, you know, that sponsorship. You can have five, ten minutes if you want to speak, and then we'll also do some appetizers, you know, thrown in there as well. So, man, it sounds like you've done a lot of work to get this to get this thing going. It it sounds like uh, so you have a lot of good relations. You have a lot of good relationships with the courses that I guess you play on, right? Yeah, I really, you know, I always enjoy coming in here and talking with Dustin Burrell and and Haley Holcott, uh, you know, and Dustin. You know, the best compliment I can get is, you guys are so easy. And I can't say that about my other groups, is what he told me this morning. You know, and I get that over and over again, because that's my aim. I want, Like I said, I want it to be a win for the course, too. I do a lot of legwork up front to make sure these guys don't have to. And, uh, and they reciprocate then in taking care of us. So. Yeah, and they, they want to make sure that you keep coming back, yeah, right? Because absolutely. they know that uh, you could probably give your business elsewhere and sure. they want you, they continue to want you to come back. Now tell me, uh, you know, through outside of the golf fellowship, what's your favorite golf club in your back? Like your go-to club? Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I love the driver, but uh, I, I love my Cleveland 56. You know, I've Got an old uh, copper 56 and uh, a little rusty. I, yeah, you know <laughs> I've played probably three or four of them over the over the years and worn them down, gotten a new one, you know. But that's the one club that stayed the same probably ever since college. So um, love my wedge. So I guess it, it sounds like it got it's gotten you out of a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. <laughs> a lot of trouble. Now. Obviously, you, you have a good amount of uh, extra side games and anything going on, uh, you know, with the events. Um, so it seems like you like to gamble when you're out there on the course. I don't mind a little, uh, little skin in the game, <laughs> for sure. You know, I think it gets the blood uh, boiling a little bit, and, and it's good. It's good, healthy fun, you know, as long as it's not over the top. I definitely, you know, I think if it's something that, if it's all that you're about, the golf fellowship's not for you. I mean, it, we're about providing a fun opportunity that is a mix of all those things. You know, the competition, the networking, the golfing great courses, the camaraderie, 
you know, throwing a little gambling. You know, obviously you're not going to get rich in the golf fellowship. Um, but absolutely. Do I love to compete? Most men do, I think. You know, and, and uh, so let's go out there and put something on it. On it. And, uh, That's what I like to hear. That's yeah. what I like to hear right now. You're getting those juices. You're getting those competitive juices flowing right now. Yeah. So tell me, who's your favorite PGA Tour player out there right now? Yeah, uh, Zach Johnson, you know, has, has historically been my favorite player because he's the Iowa guy. And, uh, you know, before that, it was way back in the 80s with Dave Rummels. And, you know, so it's like we've only ever had one Iowa guy at a time on the <laughs> tour. And so... That you can follow, right? Yeah, that you can we follow. can follow, you know, and, and Zach is actually good, you know. And so, yeah, he's, you know, he's getting a little older now. and uh, He's still he's, got the game. He's still, still got, got the game, game, though. I mean, he's Mr. Consistent out there. And uh, But, you know, I love seeing the new guys. And I love... I love that Tiger's making a comeback. Oh yeah, and I'm very ha- very happy for him, and and uh, you know we we all should be given a chance to be able to overcome, you know, and and I appreciate that. I, I, a lot of people were really upset with Tiger and all his dalliances, and and uh, but I'm great. I'm very happy to see that his rebound here. And, Hope he has a lot of great success. As am I, but just like I tell I tell my kids that I coach, I say, you know what, there's nothing wrong with being humbled every now and then. Right. Especially if you can't humble yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I always kind of teach the kids, you know, especially you, you know, being big into your church. I said, you know what, uh, you gotta give you gotta be humble in victory and in defeat. Right. And so and sometimes, you know, you have to learn a big lesson, you know, to to help your career and help you move forward. And I think uh Seeing Tiger, you know, humbled, I think it's uh, kind of made him a little bit more human as opposed to him being such a great, like, golf god, if, if I can right. say. And so uh, I appreciate his struggle, yeah. and I appreciate his grind getting back. I mean, yeah. I just – I love it. I love you because I'm, I'm part of the Tiger boom. That's why I got in the yeah. game of golf because of right. Tiger. And so now looking at your <clears> – <throat> excuse me, looking at your shirt here, we talked about it off, off the off air. Uh, you're wearing an Iowa Hawkeye shirt. And you said uh, you graduated from Iowa State. Yeah, that so tell needs me to about stay that. off air now. <laughs> so know. tell me about that. I want to okay, know more about that. Okay. Well, I grew up. You know, you cut me right now, Andy. <laughs> black and gold going to pour out here. Okay. But are, you, are you sure? Are you sure? I, I am absolutely positive. Because you seem very cyclonish right oh, now. Oh <laughs> wow. Uh, like I said, that's on my diploma. You know, and so I, I actually did go to Iowa State because I was all about my education, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I, you know, I wanted to design golf courses once upon a time, and uh, because I was good at art and I liked to golf, and uh, so I would always be sketching golf course layouts, you know, when I was a kid, and and so I, I figured out that landscape architecture was the best way to go for that. Well, Iowa didn't offer that, and I wanted to be that more than go to Iowa, so went to Iowa, and then I also got recruited as a preferred walk-on at Iowa State to play golf there. So that combination led me to Iowa State, and uh, but even being there five and a half years, they they still didn't uh, convert me. I played on the team for a few years, and uh, you know, and when we played Iowa, I wanted to beat their butts, you know, in golf. But uh, anything else, it was hard to root against the Hawkeyes. So tell me, did you did you win any against them? Oh yeah, I beat I beat a number of those guys. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, in Iowa. And, and golf is a small world, right? So you, you recognize these faces. You're seeing them when you grow, grow up. And so a lot of those guys that were on the team then were guys that I grew up playing in tournaments against and in high school and whatnot. So, 
you know, is kind of a continuation of competition there. But sure, when they when they're Hawkeyes and you're a Cyclone and uh, you're playing, you want to be them no matter what the situation is, right? You know, we go out. I want to beat you. <laughs> it's a big rivalry, especially yeah. between the two schools. Yeah, it is. Well, good. I'm glad you cleared that up for me. You know, yeah. and there's nothing wrong. Uh, I did graduate from here in San Antonio, the University of Texas, San Antonio, UTSA. I'm a super proud roadrunner, but a bit of my heart does belong to North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, yes. Wow. Um, it, it was a 92-93 uh, NCAA championship game between North Carolina, Eric Montrose, and George Lynch, uh, Coach Dean Smith against the Fab Five in their sophomore season, oh, wow. Michigan. Yeah. And uh, I was actually rooting against North Carolina. Wow. Because, you know, the hip-hop, you know, the whole hip-hop, Fab Five, baggy shorts, oh, Nikes, yeah. you know, uh, black socks, black shoes. And just from that moment when I guess it was the way the North Carolina handled themselves in victory, you know, uh, and the way uh, Michigan didn't handle themselves very well in a loss, uh, I've always, my mother had always said, I am a bad sport. Uh-huh. And I think I just, I've always told her, I said, it's not that I'm a bad sport. As I got older, I realized it's not that I'm a bad sport. It's just that I wanted it so much more than everybody else. Yeah. And I didn't know how to handle it. Right. And I just kind of worded it. It's totally different. Yeah. And so from that moment on, I became a huge North Carolina fan, okay. uh, Four Corners guy. Um, and then I realized, hey, Michael Jordan, he went there. You know? Yeah. And, and so I've been a huge North Carolina fan. I've only got to see them play once. Yeah. It was several years back when they came to play here in San Antonio. Oh, really? And so uh, I'm, I follow them huge. I'm a huge ACC guy. That's really interesting. And, you know, there's not a lot of Tar Heel fans here in San no, Antonio. No, and so, no. Um, I'm not sure there's even a club here. There's not. There's, there's an iClub. There's no, a yeah, there, club. there is. Yeah. There's several. There's Notre Dame. I've seen A&M. Uh, Virginia Tech has, has a big following here. Wow. It's really – it was weird. I saw them at uh, at Twin Peaks one time in – Hokie Nation. Yeah, Hokie Nation. They were, they were representing. They were representing. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> we have a few more things left. I've taken a lot of your time. Now, if you could tell me what's the craziest thing that has happened, uh, craziest story or craziest occurrence that has happened you know, at your I time with the Golf Fellowship. I think we just have a bunch of crazy people. I, I, <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and it's not, you know, it's funny how one crazy person makes it seem like there's lots of crazy, you know, but sometimes we, we have, uh, you know, we have the Aussie and uh, we, we've had the redneck before, you know, and these guys, uh, these guys bring life to uh, everything that they go to. And I, I was really racking my mind for anything specific, but, you know, I think it's just the personalities, you know, in, in general, it's, it's fun to go out there and spend time with different personalities, you know, and I know that not all personalities get together, you know, are going to get together and work out, but I really admire, you know, the the guys in the group because they, they try, they work through a lot of that thing. So we've, we've you know, um, any one specific story I can't say, but I just smile when I think about the collective whole of all the, all the personalities out there and different things. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think uh, I've played in a good amount of scrambles, a good amount of tournaments. I'm the kind of guy that I don't have to play with a set group. Right. I can just go out as a single, and I'm ready to play with whoever. Right. And I think that's what the game of golf can do. Absolutely. Because uh, it doesn't matter what the ethnicity you are or what background you have. We're all guys just trying to use these little metal sticks to yeah. get that one ball in the hole. Right. And it's a great game to 
like you said, to kind of mesh all these different personalities together. It's a great equalizer, you know, the sport of golf, because it's, uh, you know, it's funny. I can I can go and spend time with the CEO of something in his office, and I'm all kind of insecure. And then, you know, I go out to the course and I tee off, and I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're the CEO out it's, there, right? Exactly. It's I'm. You know, it's it's a great equalizer. And you're right in so many areas, ethnicity, culturally, and and it's a great opportunity for us to get together and and uh, you know look past those things. So I really enjoy it for that aspect. And I, you know, I think. The nature of golf a lot of times can be very selfish, honestly, because it's, you know, it's you and you and the course. And, and as a kid, I think, um, you know, we can get so into things, so into ourselves. Um, I know I was that way, very selfish with the game. But now it's an opportunity to really uh, push past those things and, uh, you know, find a common bond. And one of the things we do with the Golf Fellowship is I give, I give everybody – the opportunity to have a preferred playing partner, so they can have, uh, they can select one person, been different each time. But and I reserve the right then to fill the rest of your group. So I want to keep it, keep it changing up. I don't want the same four guys out there because that just kind of defeats the purpose to me. Yeah, it, it, then it's no longer a fellowship. Right, exactly. So everybody's, you know, the, the golf genius is great. It puts a, uh, you know, puts random pairings based on history there. So you're going to play with. You know, if you're cool with that, you're going to play with a lot of different guys when you come out. So everybody thinks you're a genius, and when in fact it's just your app. It's right? just my app, really. <laughs> All right. If, if you can tell me, what's the, favorite, what's the favorite tip that you have or somebody's given you? Be sure to check out my website, www.nothingobgolf.com. Now back to Kerry. All right. Uh, we're back here with Kerry, and uh, your best tip? My best tip, yeah. My dad... You know, always told me when I'd come off the course, or actually before, you know, he'd say three things. Uh, no three putts, um, no penalty strokes, and stay in the present. And, uh, of course, the, the first two are, you know, are good, obvious things, but the stay in the present is probably the biggest thing for life in general. But, uh, you know, you, you can't focus on that last shot, whether it was good or bad. You know, because I've had plenty of times where I've hit great shots or had a birdie, only to follow up with a bogey. I mean, my, <laughs> my, my dad just would get on me so much. He's like, seriously, son, you, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't have any success without, you know, uh, failure right afterwards. You know, just calm down, enjoy the birdie, move on to the next shot. Or vice versa, letting a bad shot, you know, lead into another bad shot. And so... You know, that's probably the best thing. Golf's, golf's a game. We're out there. Enjoy it. Stay in the present. Don't worry about the next shot. Or, uh, it, it, it's not life or death, you know. I think these are, these, these are, this is a great tip. And it's not only it seems like your dad didn't just give you tips for golf. It was just, these are some tips for life, you yeah. know. And so uh, I'm going to put these in the life tip section, all right? All right? Okay, the very last thing. I've kept you a good amount of time today. The very last thing. I have a section called Beyond the Stakes. And especially I, I just had a, you know, this is kind of where a subject to where I kind of talk about it. And you can kind of go off if you'd like, um, especially in your position as uh, being the coordinator. What is your thought on people that sandbag? <laughs> well, you know, that's always a concern, especially in a golf league that has handicaps. And uh, I've, I've gotten that concern. It's funny, you know, we'll, we'll joke, okay, and I'll hear guys say, oh, you sandbagger. Yeah, oh, you, you sandbagging, know? yeah. But I know, and I always tell people, you know, 
go ahead, sandbag in my group. You know, my handicap system will make you pay, mm-hmm. and uh, you can you can maybe get away with it once, but you're not going to benefit from it more than once. And hey, we're not exactly paying for paying for a lot of money here. So <laughs> what's the point? What's the point, you right? Know? And as far as you know, the people that get worked up about it. Just, I, I believe our system's good, and it, it'll take care of things. And if there really is an issue, hey, I, 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 t- I make it a point, you know, uh, to go and talk to people. You know, I'm not going to be a jerk. I'm always going to give the, people the benefit of the doubt. But if there's an issue with my golf league, I'm going to go and talk to a person face to face, and you know, resolve it and work it out. And uh, you know, because I want I want the courses again. I want them to win. I don't want any bad impressions to happen. I want everybody in the group to enjoy themselves. And I also don't want to be a conflict avoider, you know, and let anything build up into a into a bigger issue than it is. So well, you know what? Uh, that that's one reason why I guess I've always stayed clear of any golf leagues or anything. Because my dad, he's always had uh, growing up in Cor- Corpus Christi, Texas. My dad has always had some really negative things to say about. He says the PGA, but it's really he always says the PGA, but it's really the Pan the Pan Am, <laughs> Pan American. And he always says, "Oh, those sandbaggers! They're a bunch of sandbaggers." Oh, yeah. And so now, whenever somebody tells me, "Oh, hey, we're part of the Pan Am here in town," I said, "Oh, you bunch of sandbaggers!" <laughs> you know, they're like. Like they get super, they get super defensive, and so I think that's one reason why I always kind of stay, stayed away from uh, any golf leagues because sure. due to sandbagging. And of course, you know sometimes, you know people have those good rounds, and yeah. then sometimes they don't have the good rounds. Right. And so I'm I'm more in that not having a good round kind of guy. But um, here here's one, you know the last thing I would say there is that I always steer people to look at who's won the Fellowship Cup at the end of the year. And I've got a full range of handicaps that are on that trophy. I've got uh, the scratch golfer, I've got the mid handicapper, and I've got the high handicapper. And hey, you you watch the match play championships. You know, it's not the favorite golfer that goes up and wins that thing a lot of times. Sometimes it's Buddy No Name, you know, because it's his week. It, it, you know? it just, it's just you know, who's on. It's right? just who's on, and that's the way. Uh, that's the way golf is. That's the way life is. You know, that's that's just how it is. So, uh, well, if you could tell me who is the current champ right now, the current champ uh, be Philip Plant. Um, last year, he was the one that uh, lost in the first round of match play and worked all the way back. He got uh, he he won the match play, got points and seated high. You know, for the for the reset for the TGF Championship, and then he played solid. Um, at the at the tournament itself and close things out. So, okay, my last question is: Do you have your name on that trophy too? After ten years, I finally got it on there a couple of years ago. Yeah, we're in our twelfth year, but it took me ten years to get on there. And, and trust me, you know I love to see other guys win, but I'm trying to win, and I wanted to get on that cup for a long time, and finally did. So. Well, Kerry, uh, man, I hope you enjoyed the show today because uh, I really did. You know, and um, you really got all those juices flowing, and I really feel your passion for the golf fellowship and your your love for the game of golf. And I'm really hoping to to pump the uh, the golf fellowship. I'm hoping to get in. I'm really interested, but in getting in, and so I hope others do as well. And I really appreciate your time today. Hey, thanks so much, Andy. Really enjoyed being on here with you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. 
I really loved the interview with Carrie. Got me pumped up to go out there and play some golf and to join the Golf Fellowship. You can reach Carrie at the Golf Fellowship on Facebook or go to their website, www.thegolffellowship.com. You can also find my iTunes SoundCloud links on my website at www.nothingopgolf.com. Hit us up. We got some great things coming up for the show. In the game of life, nothing is OB.